Hello ladies, if you are fed up, confused as hell, or just over all the drama around weight loss, you are in the right place. My name is Bonnie LaFrac and I am your host here at Unfuck Your Weight Loss, where I help you make weight loss easy, achievable, and even fun. Because what is more fun than becoming exactly who you want to be in the body you want to be in? Let's take the shame and bullshit out of dieting and weight loss and lose the weight for the last time. Ready? Let's go. Hey there, welcome back to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. I'm Bonnie LaFrac. Today we have a good one, the truth about weight loss. Now I know I say all the time, this is the best podcast. This is the episode. This is the one. And this is one of those, the ones, the truth about weight loss. I will ask you a question. What do you believe about weight loss? What is the truth about weight loss? I'll sit right here while you answer that. Picture me looking at you waiting for the answer. A lot of you might be thinking weight loss is hard or weight loss is confusing and you would not be alone. I presented this topic a couple weeks ago in my program, Self Made, which is a group coaching program and it's a kind of a different kind of group coaching program. If you didn't already know, we obviously do group coaching every Tuesday night, my group meets, and we usually have a topic for our Tuesday night calls. And then we also do a group coaching session on Fridays, which is office hours. So you can bring anything you want to that office hours call. It could be on food or fitness, supplements, feelings, you name it, we coach on it. You can tell us you hate everyone. We'll coach on that too. There is nothing too big or too small for any of our our coaches or coaching. We also do one-on-one private personal coaching as well, which makes us a little bit different. So all of our clients get four coaching sessions uh, that happen within the first 97 days. So the other night when I was ready to do this uh, presentation for the group, the truth about weight loss, I did take some time to really think, okay, like I know why initially I wanted this topic. I do know why, but then I really thought about, okay, what else do I need to share that I think would be helpful? Not just, hey, it's not hard. It's not confusing. That's just a thought. You should think something different because that's really not that helpful. Anywho, anywho, we're going to get right to it. The truth about weight loss. I think first and foremost, number one, a good place to start, a calorie deficit is required. And this is where it gets a little tricky because your brain is going to want to show you evidence because we've all been there where we created a calorie deficit and then we didn't lose weight. However, the math and the science all point to the fact that we have to consume less than we need in order to lose body fat in order for our bodies to tap into stored fat or stored muscle, some type of stored energy in order to lose weight. So a calorie deficit is absolutely required. Number two, speaking of the calorie deficit and why sometimes weight loss can be confusing, I'm sure you've seen these calculators before and I have referenced this before, I believe in other podcasts, there are a lot of calculators online. They do ask for your age and your height and your current weight and your goal weight, if you know your body composition, your activity level. However, these calculators are not your doctor. We don't have lab tests. We don't know your actual metabolic 
you know, rate at all. It's a guess. And that's why sometimes I think it can feel confusing that although I know I need to be in a deficit, what's the deficit? And this is where I think we need just to have the time. And so when I thought about this topic for my group, the one thing I really wanted to impress was number three, there is no correct or right speed of weight loss. There is no, um, you know, normal, and I know we've all heard it before, this idea that you should lose one to two pounds every single week. That will indicate that you're doing it right. And it's so funny because in all of the years, I mean, I mean 20 years of working with women in weight loss, I've really only known one woman who every single week when we would do, um, there was a program I had at my gym location and we did in-person weigh-ins which by the way, we do not do anymore for a number of reasons. Uh, We did in-person weigh-ins and she literally would lose one to two pounds every week. Now, do I know what she was up to? Was she, you know, like fasting for the day before the weigh-in? Perhaps, I don't know. But by and large, there is not one right rate of weight loss. Sometimes weight loss can be or feel slow. I had Another client uh, who had a very significant weight loss, about 80 some odd pounds. And along the way in her weight loss, you know, she fell in love with working out and then she fell in love with, I think, you know, Olympic lifting or power lifting. Like she kept going in her journey. And I remember her distinctly saying to people, hey, you know, when people ask me about my weight loss, you know, how'd I do it or how long it took? I just tell them, you know, I lost weight like half a pound at a time. Sometimes, you know, a quarter pound a week, 0.2 pounds a week. She didn't lose one to two pounds every week. She didn't lose, you know, that five or 10 pounds a week. Even though she had weight to lose, it was not fast, but it was still very consistent. She was on a journey of weight loss. And I think it's really important to think about, like, what is the rush? If I want to lose body fat and I want to keep muscle and I want to have a life and I want to include foods that I like and I don't want to be starving and obsessed with food all the time and I want to be able to keep it off and maintain and sustain this, why, what is the rush, right? Why do I have to rush this? It's, um, it's kind of like an analogy uh, and I, did I use this already? I probably have. It's the luxury mansion analogy. I want the luxury mansion It would be fun to build and have all of the, you know, bells and whistles and all of the high-end upgrades and make it exactly as I want. But no matter what kind of house you have, you know that there's maintenance. So whether it's your luxury mansion or it's a 1950s cape, whatever type of house you're living in, it's going to eventually need a new roof. It's going to get, you know, maybe a leak in the basement. Maybe you're going to have to, you know, build out an addition or you're going to have to constantly shovel when the snowstorms come or, you know, plant new grass. We're constantly having to maintain and sustain what we have so that it doesn't fall apart. And so I just, you know, one thing about weight loss is that sometimes it might feel slow. But if we can get over this idea that it has to be fast, it has to be a certain amount, we're going to enjoy the ride. We're going to get where we want to go. Um, Another client, and I I know I've referenced this before because it was 
it was, it was, I don't know, difficult for me. I'm sure I did not coach her well on this because I was so shocked and it was a little bit earlier in my coaching career. Um, I had a client and the first week we were together, she lost four pounds and was pissed off. And I couldn't understand. I'm like, why? Why is that not good? Why, why aren't you happy with four pounds? Well, because in the past I've lost more the first week and, you know, and she might have right? We can lose a lot of water weight. It depends on what we had been eating. It depends on a lot of things, but that she had it in her mind what that first week had to be on the scale. If you want to lose weight and keep it off, I would challenge you to figure out what is it that you believe about how fast or how slow weight loss needs to be. If you've ever identified as a slow loser this is for you, right? There is no definition of slow loser. That is us just judging how fast or how slow we think we are compared to other people or compared to the norm or how it should be. And if there's one thing you take away from today's podcast is that when you catch yourself thinking this isn't happening fast enough or I'm just a slow loser is just to remind yourself you're still losing. Weight loss you know, is weight loss. A loss is a loss. It doesn't matter if it's 0.2 pounds at a time. Rather than quit and get so frustrated, why don't you just keep going? And then, of course, there are always tweaks that you could make. And I, I think some of the additional items here might help you understand where, you know, you might want to go next. If you feel like maybe weight loss is too slow. If it's not happening, maybe you actually have reached a plateau. I want to tell you most of my clients who say they're plateauing are not plateauing, right? It's just a matter of not being consistent. Number four, speaking of all of that, you don't want to stay in a, in this like deficit place forever. And certainly you don't want to keep cranking down your calories more and more, right? In terms of creating the deficit, sometimes we just are starting at 12 or 1300 calories and thinking, oh, geez, I got to go to 1100 calories. I got to go to 900 calories. I got to go to like, I got to go less and less and less. And that's not necessarily true. Sometimes we need a diet break sometimes and not saying a diet break is go to 5,000 calories a day, but to always be in a deficit, always trying to crank it down, exercise more, do all the things. That's when our bodies will adapt because that's what bodies do. Our bodies aren't going to prioritize fat you know, fat burning or fat loss, our bodies are going to want to try to, you know, uh, stabilize. And so over time, if your weight loss journey is a year or two or three in the making, this is really, you know, this is really important because otherwise we can get really stuck in this, this sort of pattern of, okay, all week long, I'm going to have a really, you know, I'm not going to eat very much. I'm going to be very strict. Everything's going to be very perfect. And then either on purpose or on snack accident, I overeat and I binge on weekends. And so I just keep repeating that cycle and I can't seem to break it. Or if I do, I'm going on these really restrictive diets for, you know, a month or three months or six months only to regain that lost weight again. And so we want to, you know, be able to kind of look at, you know, six months to a year, what amount of months are we really going to dedicate to being in that deficit? And then are there months that we are going to try and maintain that weight? Because then it makes losing the rest of the weight easier. Speaking of weight loss and fat loss, number five 
there is a difference between weight loss and fat loss. Sometimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater and we don't care. I just want the scale to go down. I just want my stomach to feel flatter. I just want to fit into the pants. And we can do all that, but we can also lose muscle mass. And that does happen when we try to um, really put, we stomp too hard on the gas and we try to lose weight too fast and we try to be in a really low deficit that has our body consuming just as much muscle as it does body fat. So I'll get into different ways to track your success beyond a scale. Sometimes we get so caught up in the scale, we just ignore this thing called muscle and that we want to have muscle because we want to have a metabolic rate. And a lot of times what we're looking for also in weight loss is to have muscle tone, right? To have a certain aesthetic to our weight loss. Number six, the goal, speaking of the scale, is not just to make the scale go down, but to tap into fat stores and lose body fat. That is a truth I have. It might not be a truth you have if you really think about it, but it is something you might want to question because sometimes we get so caught up in weight loss on a scale that we miss the big picture. But for me, especially, you know, working with women who I want to help be healthy and have a good metabolism and not create more problems is that we want to do it, you know, we want to do weight loss, but we want to do it in a smart way. We want to lose body fat as much as we can and keep as much muscle mass. And so sometimes that doesn't show up on the scale. Number seven, here's one for ya. Here's one for ya. Losing weight will not fix your life. It's not better over there. It's not happier over there. I won't, I won't be magically transported to a fairy tale when I'm at my ideal weight or my high school weight, or I, you know, fit into the size, you know, double zero jeans. Oh my God. Do they make a double zero? They might. Um, Losing weight might fix some health problems, might make your joints feel better, might bring your A1C down. There are a lot of great things that can happen when you have less body fat, but we have to work on all kinds of things, no matter what weight we are. We, you know, have relationships, families, spouses, careers, finances, goals. You have things that come up. You have other people in your life that you can't control. You have a lot of circumstances that you cannot control. Losing weight is something that we can control, but it doesn't necessarily make other people like us. It doesn't necessarily, you know, bring us the man of our dreams or the job of our dreams or the house of our dreams or the life of our dreams. We have to create all of that no matter what. And so, you know, I get it. I think sometimes we've all lost weight and then put it back on because there are other pressures that happen when you do lose weight. People start noticing you, looking at you, wanting to get to know you, touch you, love you, ask you questions. It's a lot easier when people leave you alone. And so if this has ever happened to you, I think it's really important to recognize that losing weight is not the be all end all. And to be really clear as to why you want to lose weight. What is, what is it that you want? And it's totally okay for you to want to lose weight because you want to look a certain way or you want to feel a certain way. It doesn't have to be like, oh, I need to lose weight so I'll live a long time and I'll see my grandchildren, unless that's truly, you know, you don't care what size clothes you wear. You don't care what your body looks like. It's okay. There is not one right answer when it comes to weight loss, but losing weight is not a fix-all. 
for everything else. It does not make everything into your, everything come into your life that you want or everything stay out of your life that you don't want. Number eight, long-term weight loss will be predicted by your ability to be consistent. And this is one of those wah, 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 right? As soon as you hear consistent, you're like, ugh. And here's, you've heard me say this before, but I'll say it again, because this is the truth about weight loss. Consistency does not equal perfection. Consistency is kind of like just doing the daily things over and over. A lot of the things aren't sexy, aren't exciting, aren't like like social media worthy. You're not going to go on Facebook and be like, I brushed my teeth today. <laughs> I brushed my hair today, which are two things I may or may not have done today. Um, just basic daily things. I got my steps in. I drank water. I strength trained. I ate protein, right? It's just the doing the little things over and over that add up. Our brains are going to make it a big deal. Like, oh, that's so hard to do all the time. It just takes practice. I don't have to drink a gallon of water to drink water. I don't have to, you know, get in uh, 200 grams of protein to get in protein, right? I just have to, you know, work on maybe having a little bit more than I did yesterday. It, it is just compounds over time. And so if you find yourself with the full body ug. When I say the word consistency, you're not alone. But the truth about weight loss is that consistency wins. Okay? It does. It's not perfection. It's just being consistent. That's it. Don't make it a big deal. If you're having a lot of thoughts and feelings, if you're triggered by that word, ask yourself why. What are you making it mean to be consistent? Number nine, you can change your metabolism. You can. Not overnight, not with a flick of a switch, and not with just one supplement or one regimen. It takes time. You have to figure out, is something going on? Do you have some type of inflammation, an injury, some type of, you know, metabolic issue? Do you have, um, you know, something going on with your hormones? Maybe your thyroid hormones, maybe cortisol, maybe you're very stressed out, maybe you do not sleep well, maybe you don't eat enough, maybe you don't eat enough protein, maybe your digestion is not good right? It's going to take some time to figure, because you're not going to be able to do it all, is to figure out, okay, what is, what is happening? Sometimes we think um, how we are or like how we feel is normal. It's normal to be tired all the time. It's normal to have brain fog. It's normal to have dry skin. It's normal to feel cold all the time or hot all the time or lose your hair or, you know, but it's not. And those are signs perhaps, that there is something going on with your metabolism. And so it's not a quick fix to fix your metabolism, but you know what will not fix your metabolism is eating less and less and less and less. Eating less nutrition, eating less real food, eating more restrictive types of diets and things like that will definitely not fix your metabolism, okay? Sometimes it's very unsexy to slowly but surely eat more food to slowly but surely, you know, lift more weights, right? It's just a matter of time. But ignoring certain things or not speaking to your doctor or not taking into account or not being consistent with ways to take care of yourself will not repair your metabolism. If you're over 40 and especially over 50, it does become a little bit more serious that you get more, you know, into strength training that you do take care of yourself in certain ways, that, you know, you might need supplements to help you 
actually pull, you know, calcium and build back up your bone. There are things that you do have to pay attention to because otherwise, right, our metabolism is not going to repair itself. It just does not. Uh, where am I? Number 10. You can lose weight eating any kind of food. That is the truth. Okay, is there some nuance in there? Of course. We all could agree there's a big difference between Cheetos and chicken. There's a difference between real food and processed food. There's a difference between, you know, junk food. There's a difference between just eating, you know, like a three-year-old or a five-year-old or a 10-year-old. And that's okay also to eat your favorite candy. It is okay to have, you know, that favorite wine or what have you. This is not, I think if you're going to lose weight and keep it off, it is just figuring out what is the majority of your intake going to look like. And just because, you know, are there foods that in your mind you're telling yourself are good or bad or you're good or bad for eating them? That does make our relationship with food not easy. And that's sometimes why I think weight loss feels hard. That automatically we think we'd have to give up everything, that we cannot have foods that we enjoy, that we are going to have to restrict and lock ourselves in the house and never go to a social occasion and have to bring our food everywhere. And there might be times that you do choose to bring your food places, right? Those are all decisions you can make, but the truth is you can lose weight eating any kind of food. Um, Remind me, no, I won't get into that one. I'll have to do an episode on the craziest diet I ever tried. Remind me about that. Number 11. And here, do I call it data or data? What do you prefer? I think I'm more of a data uh, because I grew up in the Midwest where we say, you know, like aunt and uncle. In New England, they say aunt and uncle. I grew up with aunt. So I'm going to go with data. Data over feelings. Data is greater than feelings when it comes to the truth about weight loss. There's a, um, I don't know if you follow this guy, Lane Norton. He's um, really into research, right? Which I like. He is into the data. And, you know, he debunks a lot of the people who go on, I don't know, Instagram and Facebook and have products and books and things they sell where they're trying to tell you, the world's worst food is broccoli or the world's worst food is X, Y, Z. And Lane is very good about debunking a lot of this kind of nonsense, which can make weight loss feel really confusing. Um, But he has a shirt that said, you know, was literally data is greater than feelings. And I believe that too. And when you feel like weight loss is hard or you feel like weight loss is confusing or you feel like weight loss is too slow, it's not happening, it's not for you, it's eluding you, it's a problem, all of that, get into the data points you might have. And so this is why I think writing things down is very helpful and more than just the scale. So here's what I mean right? Number 12, and where we'll end today when we talk about the truth about weight loss, different data points that you might track. You don't have to do them all. Do the ones that you can be consistent with. Even if you just say for the next 30 days, I'm going to track X, Y, Z. I don't have to track all of this for the rest of my natural life. I don't know why I say the rest of my natural life. Maybe because there could be a supernatural life. In any case, a food journal, This is one of those kind of easy, doesn't have to be precise, 
you could also put other things in the journal, how you felt that day. It gives you more room to write. It's not necessarily like on a macro. It's not like having you stuck to your phone or looking for an app, typing into small places. But a food journal, it could be a food journal that you just record as you go or if you're doing any type of planning. But then you could look back. When you feel like weight loss is hard or it's not working or the scale isn't going down or I must be doing it wrong, do you even have a food journal to look at what happened over the last week? What happened over the last 30 days? Okay. Similarly, a workout journal. I'm a big proponent if you're going into the gym or even in your own home gym, having a notebook. If I did a dumbbell chest press, okay, was that a flat bench? Was it an incline uh, bench? How much weight did I lift? How many reps? How many sets? I want to know all of this and I just keep track. Um, I will probably in the free group, I don't know if I've ever, I've probably referenced my workout journals because I do have a bunch of old ones that I can't bear to throw out because they bring me such joy, such great dopamine to look at them and go, look at all those workouts I did. Um, but just the way I track is a super simple, easy way to track. Okay. It's not complicated. You don't need a spreadsheet. Um, but then you can look back over the workouts. Like, oh, gee, I haven't gone to the gym in three weeks. Oh, okay, well, that might explain it. Or I haven't actually lifted any heavier weights in three months. Give yourself that data. What about a habit tracker? Something really sim- you know, simple. They sell these things. We have them and we usually have, I think we have a bunch in self-made and the society um, habit trackers, right? So where you're just filling in like a little dot, or if you want to do a tally mark, how many eight ounce glasses of water, or if you drank a half gallon of water, or you're tracking your sleep or your steps, just so that you can accumulate, right? That, uh, visual of, look, look at all the days I strung together where I did the things. Similarly, when we talk about having a visual reminder, what about photos, right? Do you have photos? Do you take a photo of yourself every single week? I know you're like, nope. (laughs) Photos are a hard one for people. Um, But if you're going to use the scale every week, why not snap a photo on that day? Why not take measurements? Maybe it's just a waist measurement or a hip and waist or a hip, waist and chest or a hip, waist and thigh. You don't have to measure every single body part. When you do measurements, I don't know that you want to do them every week. Maybe you do them, you know, every two weeks or every month. Clothing. Do you have some piece of clothing that you're, you know, trying to get into? Maybe hold out that pair of jeans, put them on a hanger and hang them somewhere where you see them. And then every single week, try them on. Take a picture. What about a mirror? This is one that's interesting to me because I think sometimes we get so down on ourselves and we're, you know, we haven't really mastered the art of, not shit-talking ourselves, that it's hard to look in the mirror. This might be maybe starting with photos. And as you go along in your journey, you will get a little bit better with being objective in the mirror. The scale we mentioned, if you're going to weigh yourself every day or once a week or every other week or once a month or every quarter, write it down. Right again, it's just a data point. Um, trackers, macro trackers, calorie trackers, that kind of stuff. I'll probably do a whole podcast on macro tracking because I think it's interesting um, and not necessarily interesting for all the right reasons, but that, you know, it is common for people to think, 
I need to track macros. I need to see the calories in order for this to work. What really it comes down to is just being consistent and really being in touch with your hunger. But you can definitely use a tracker. They have lots of them. They're free. Again, maybe you commit to, you know, a full week or 14 days or 30 days where you really focus on, I want to track as closely as possible so that I do have actual data points that I just can't go on the feeling that I feel like it's not working. I feel like it's hard. I feel like I don't know enough. I feel like I need to know more. I have to do more research or do I actually have any data to compare this to? Body composition trackers. This one's interesting to me. I, um, I'm trying to think, have I ever done a body composition? Um, probably not even, even when I was bodybuilding and my body fat was pretty low. There's a lot of different types of body composition trackers. I like this as a benchmark. If I'm going to track body composition, like i.e. what is my body fat percentage, this does not change every week. It, if it does change every week, then I would question the type of data that it's really producing. But by and large, you know, body composition is going to, you know, maybe change at best once a month. For most of my clients, if they're going to do body composition, I'd probably do it four times a year. Maybe you could convince me to six times a year, but definitely not every week. But it is something that you could track as well, because we do want to build muscle and burn body fat. And then last but not least, there is an acronym, and I love this. This is not mine. This is Sam Miller Science. SHREDS. So this is an acronym for sleep, hunger, recovery, energy, digestion, and stress. And this is, would be something great for a journal. So if you're going to keep that food journal or any kind of journal that on the daily, you could assess whether this is a scale of one to 10, you know, how, how was your sleep or your sleep quality? How many hours did you sleep? Hunger, right? This is something I think a lot of us kind of gloss over. I talked about it in last week's episode, like getting really in touch with your hunger. Recovery, right? Rest and recovery. How recovered does your brain feel and your body feel? Are you trying to, you know, push your body too hard? Um, Energy, meaning do you feel energetic? Do you feel vibrant? Do you have a lot of energy or do you feel tired, sluggish? Digestion. Do you have regular bowel movements? That's probably something you'd want to pay attention to. Do you get gassy, bloated? You know, what is happening after you eat certain foods? And of course, your stress levels. All of that stuff matters. And although it's not precise data, because it is you sort of putting a value on it, it gives you certain benchmarks. If I'm going to track that, let's say for the next three months, the goal would be, I'd like to have more sleep, better quality sleep, longer a sleep time. I'd like to not necessarily feel so hungry or that I feel like um, also I'm not eating when I'm not hungry. I want to be able to be more in touch with my real hunger, etc. and so on. So there's a lot of different data points. And if you want to lose weight, your data is going to be more reliable than feelings. Feelings are going to come and go. And sometimes, you know, if you've ever had this, I feel fat, you will maybe feel less fat the next day. Sometimes, yeah, you put on clothes, they feel a little weird or tight, and maybe you're holding more water for whatever reason. But I want you to know something. The truth about weight loss is that we don't gain fat 
overnight. We just don't. It's even if you got on the scale from yesterday to today and it was up four pounds, you did not gain four pounds of body fat. You're holding four pounds of water for whatever reason, probably because you're so stressed out about the scale. I'm sorry. I had to say that. Um, but that is the truth about weight loss. That is number 13 is that we're not gaining and losing body fat overnight. The scale can change quite a bit, but those are usually water adjustments. And so, you know, that's why I think these other data points can be so much more helpful so that you will start to believe that weight loss is just a process. Weight loss is just a matter of time when you actually can focus on things that move the proverbial, proverbial needle on the scale. All right, my friends, I think that was it. I hope you have a fantastic week please be sure and connect with me. I have a free Facebook group if you're not already there. It is on Facebook, Food, Fitness, Fat Loss for Women Over 40. If you would like to get in touch with me about my coaching and how I can help you lose weight and keep it off forever, you can see the links in the show notes. All right, my friends, make it a good one. Thank you so much for tuning in to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. The next step, of course, is to take action on something we discussed because implementation beats information all day long. If you enjoyed this podcast, thank you for being here and please leave a review wherever you tune in for all of your podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Looking forward to dropping all the F-bombs with you next week. Have a good one.